This is the One Step Better Podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Welcome back to the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me this week is the fabulous and famous and notorious, probably in some circles, Greg Henderson. Greg is the director of our HR services. He leads everything HR in our world. If there's ever any silly questions that we need to bounce off somebody, he's the man that we go to. Um, always has an opinion or a thought or some wisdom around everything employee-related. And because this uh, this quarter, we're kind of really focusing on how we can help our employees reach their full potential, I thought it'd be a good idea to bring Greg up here. And today, we're going we're to have some fun. We're going to give him some scenarios, see how he would respond in different situations, and hopefully glean some wisdom on how we can help our employees reach their full potential. But before we do that, we got to be a little bit silly to get started. And so here's sure. the deal. To get started, I'm going to give you four types of foods. These are kind of genres, things to eat. And what you have to tell me is if you had to pick one of these four to never, ever, ever eat again for the rest of your life, which one would it be? So here's your four types of food. You can choose between tacos, pizza, hot wings, and burgers. You have to give one up. Tacos, pizza, hot wings, and burgers. I'm not a big fan of hot wings. Okay. So because you you, you put the kind of the amplifier of hot on the wings, I'm going to choose hot wings. Now, if you would have said like teriyaki wings. So wings in general. If it was wings in general, Ooh, not just okay. hot wings. Wings in general. I would say wings in general. Yeah. <laughs> still? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I don't want to give up my tacos. Um, yeah. Taco night at house? I mean, that's great. I mean, because again, my, my tacos are the tortillas, not hard shell. Okay, soft tacos. They're, they're still tacos, right? So I would rather give up wings. Corn or flour? Flour. Oh. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of corn. You're an American. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, so wings. Wings. Final answer. If, so if you had to, if you could only eat one for the rest of your life, it would be tacos? That's like your go-to? You can do a lot with burgers. You can. I, I, you can pick whichever. You can do a lot with tacos, too. You can. I would not give up pizza. Really? Yeah. I would not give up tacos. I would be the same. So I would give up wings. Out of all three of those, I would give up wings. Um, I love wings, but out of you know the other three are just I eat more of that than, than yeah. wings. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Um, also, Meredith isn't a huge fan of wings, and so if I give those up, then it doesn't really. Fit. So anyway, I'm being a servant to my wife by giving up wings. That's how we're gonna play that. Uh, but tacos would be the, the last on the list to, to be given up. Why? Because they're too darn good. Too good. Too good. And there's like, you could have a billion different <sighs> kinds of tacos yeah. with a bunch of different toppings, hard, soft, corn, flour. I mean, shout out to Elwood Shack. I don't eat fish tacos anywhere else yeah. but theirs. Yeah. Good Gosh. stuff. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Yeah. I don't think I made the, the wrong decision. I think I made... Hasty decision. Do you want to change it? No. It's like you're gonna, no, you're I'm going to stick with it. Stick with pizza? Yep, stick with pizza. I'm glad that, that we're able to sit up here and joke around and be silly um, because I really see this as my opportunity as a leader to help you reach your full potential as it relates to food and which foods you should like or shouldn't like. So the opportunity to steer this conversation for you has been really uh, helpful, but we got to take it a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. So 
employees reaching their full potential. I think everybody understands at some level that if we can get our, you know, maybe B players to become A players or even our A players to become A plus players, whatever, you know, analogy you want to use there, um, most business leaders, whether nonprofit, I mean, most leaders, leaders would say that's a, probably a good idea. And uh, anytime, well, it's been my experience, anytime that we're trying here at Patrick Accounting and Works to help people reach their full potential, that comes with the expectation that sometimes we're going to be in some sticky situations and we're going to have to have some difficult conversations. Um, you know, that could be anything under the sun. And that's really with the heart and the understanding that if I'm able to come to you, Greg, and say, hey, Greg, I want what's best for you and what's best for you is going to be, you know, X, Y, Z. And I want to help you get there. And here's some constructive criticism or maybe some feedback, whatever you want to call it, to try to help you get there. That's something that we want to do. And so um, I thought it'd be fun to put a couple of situations down on paper and talk through what you would do in these in these uh, situations. Now, I'll be the first to say that as I started writing these down, I thought, you know what? We, we labeled this as how to have difficult conversations. Some of these are more difficult than others. Uh, so we're going to start with the easier ones and go to, to, to some of the harder ones. Now, if you're listening and you work at Patrick Accounting or Works, none of these situations are because of something that we've experienced here. So don't read into this and think, hey, Mike is talking about me. That's not true. If you work at Patrick Accounting Works, none of this is about you. This is not my way of being passive aggressive because He's you not. know I would just come and talk to you about it. <laughs> so these are situations that we hear a lot of times from clients that are dealing with people issues and stuff of that nature. So okay. here's the one I'm going to start with. Let's say that I have an employee, maybe it's even a, a longtime employee, and because of my own deficiencies as a leader, I've struggled to bring up some issues that we're facing with this person. Very common. And now I find myself in a situation where I'm like boiling over, ready to blow up, and it's because this person that I'm dealing with is consistently late to everything. So if we have a, a meeting in the morning or in the afternoon, they're going to show up 5, 10 minutes late. If it's just normal work hours, they're going to show up 5, 10, 15 minutes late, whatever it is. And it's getting to the point where it's driving me nuts. Now, in a situation where I have not addressed things previously, how do I go to this person and say, look, I haven't been honest with you, but here, this this is really driving me mad. How do I have that conversation? Well, I'm trying to put myself in that in that person's shoes. I would be furious. So first, I need to kind of calm down and, and be level-headed in this conversation. I, I always tell people, try to be the calm, reassuring force in the room as a leader. You're going to have to take some time before this conversation, and you need, to, you need to talk it out before you get to that person because there's a lot of emotion there. You, you're boiling over. You, you mentioned all this kind of stuff. So you, can't, you cannot go to that, to that person right now. All right, I want, you to, I want you to back off a little bit. <laughs> right, back off the accelerator. Kind of talk this out with a couple more people, your, your own mentors, your own brain trust. And kind of flesh this out a little bit because you need to remove all the emotion that you just have before you get into the room. It's like it's like if I if I walk into a room and I wore a sign that says "Tardies suck." Maybe that's the key. You get shirts made. <laughs> you're you're presenting that, and so you can't. You gotta you gotta curb all that emotion because objectively, the facts of the matter is the only thing that matters. I need you to be at work on time, and you're not. So let's talk about that, period. Again, 
you've got to remove that, that all that emotion that, you, that that's there and it's valid, but you don't bring it into the room. That's difficult to do. Oh, super difficult. Everything is pent up. Super. That's why you, you pause. We pause. Okay, right now I cannot address this. It needs to be addressed. I should have addressed this six months ago, and now I'm in a problem, right? So if you take anything away from that, yeah, it's much easier to address something the first time yeah. than, than it is down the road. That's how I would start that conversation. I would, if, this was you, if this was you and I having this conversation, I would start with, hey, Greg, I'm sorry. I have not done a good job of leading. And in one of those ways is because there's an issue that I have with you. And instead of coming to you and talking to you about it, I decided to ignore it. And that hasn't been good for you and it hasn't been good for me. And so I apologize for that. But yeah. I need to break that cycle. And so I need to have a conversation with you. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. If you can get if you can get to that point. If you can get to that point. <laughs> Otherwise, it's Greg, what is going on? Right. And that's pro- if you're at that point, that's probably gonna happen in the moment that you're in a meeting and that person walks in late. And it's just the straw that breaks the camel back. And it is go time. Yep. And at that point, you're going to lose credibility with everybody. That's right. And that's bad news. That's I would right. stay away from that. So, again, don't let it get to that point. Yeah. All right. You have a standard. Uphold the standard. Because the second that you let someone below standard get by, that's a new standard. Okay. So I'm going to give you another scenario. that, And I want to lead, lead into that a little bit. So you said that we have a standard. And if we don't hold to that standard, then we're going to have some issues. So the next scenario that I want to present is we have an employee who, let's say they um, forget to punch in frequently. They, they, for whatever reason, I forget every day to go to the time card and click the button. And you've approached it multiple times. The employee still is struggling with it. And by struggle, I like, let's say it's multiple times a week that you have to go back and fix things because they didn't do what they're supposed to do. Now you've addressed it early on, you've addressed it frequently. How, like, what, what is my next recourse? What do I go to? How do I have that conversation with that employee? Because it feels like this is the hundredth time I've had to say the same thing, and we got that broken record mentality kicking in. Um, because it probably is the hundredth time that you've had to say something about it. So I, I use this phrase a lot when we talk about: Is it time to reprimand? Is it time to actually take it a step further? I call it pattern of misconduct. If I can prove that there's a pattern of misconduct, then I need to address the misconduct. And so if it's routinely, like, we're talking a couple times a week, there's got to be. We should have had this conversation two weeks ago, first of all, because there's a, there's a pattern there. And, it, and it, it, it kind of goes down into if you don't get the small things right, then how can I trust you with the big things? And it may be a small thing for you, but guess what? It is this something that we, we hold to. And how do I pay you the right way if you're not clocking in the right way? And so the conversation is, hey, listen, from now on, if you fail to clock in, I'm not fixing it. And if you continue down this path, there's a path outside that's going to be where you lead. Because at some point, our values of owning it and challenging it and team first start to matter and actually matter so much that not only am I hiring for people that way, I'm actually firing for lack of that. Yeah. Yeah. I would start in that scenario. I would start with it again, going back to me looking introspectively, 
did I create a an item, a metric that I want people to hold to that is irrelevant? So I'm going to start with that. So I'm going to ask myself the question of, is is you not missing a punch? Are you missing a punch over and over again? Is that something that is as big of a deal? Am I making it a bigger deal than it is? And if so, I need to adjust my expectations down and remove that as a metric, if it is a metric that I'm going to be uh, hold my people responsible for. Um, because I want to start with everything that I expect from you actually matters. And if I have what I think of busy work type of stuff, if I have um, expectations that really don't drive results for my team, then you know, what am I really doing with that? Because I'm just creating rules for the sake of rules. Right. Um, and so you have to decide, is this, are, are they doing something? Are they violating something that is truly important, right? And if it is, at that point, you're going to really stress test how important that was for you. So when we make the rule that says, hey, you can only miss punching once a month or whatever, you know, the rule is going to be, um, it starts to stress test, is, is that really a big deal for me? Because now I have to have the conversation in, in this scenario, if it's happening over and over and over and over again, at that point, it is going to get pretty close to if you do it again, you don't have a job here right. type of situation. There's um, that's be, why your, your expectation has to be valid. It has to be. It has to be valid. It, you know, go back to the first scenario, right? So someone's always late. Are you, are you uh, contributing to their lateness? And so I always tell people when we, when we think about that, do we, are we adding flex time inadvertently if we say hey uh you know clock in by 8 30 first meeting is at nine well there's flex time of 30 minutes that is always there and so if you're trying to clean up that start the meeting at 8 30 and then you know exactly how many people are showing up on time if you're not it's important to say if you're going to talk about tardiness <laughs> uh, in that first example if that's going to be an expectation, the leader better be maintaining that expectation. <laughs> I mean, just we'll, well say I mean, it out loud. We'll say it out loud. Here at Patrick County Works, tardiness for meetings is not a big deal. Nope. It's not something that we – like if you're late to a meeting, it's okay. Well, like it's not like encouraged, but it, if you're five minutes behind or what – like it's it's not a big deal. Right. Like you're, that's not something that we're going to discipline people for um, other than – Maybe every once in a while, like, hey, this one we need to be here for right. on time for whatever. But um, if you have a but shift. If like, so when I worked at FedEx in the in the hub, they had very, like, because there are, like, it was down to the minute. The pl- You're going to start your shift at 1042 p.m. And they know based on all their metrics and all, I mean, it's crazy what they do there. You're going to end your shift at 343. And I tell you what, at 1042, whatever that start time was for the load, it packages were coming yeah. and you, if you, so their role, I think it was, you had to have like 99% attendance, something like that. And tardies or late was, was a point and you lose your points. You are gone. Right. A little different, different facility, different, different right. Know, it's different a, it's that culture, right? Yeah. It's, it's, this is a, this is our identity. This is what we, who we yeah. are and what we're about. And this is what we care about. Minutes don't matter at our job. Minutes matter for FedEx. For, for, for someone yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Again, if the restaurant community, same way, right? I have a shift. If I'm late for my shift, I'm, I'm affecting other people. Yeah. If I'm late here five, ten minutes, am I really affecting other people? No, not really. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like that second one where it is a recurring issue, those can become the hardest conversations to have for me personally as a leader. 
it, and I'll, I'll pick on, we'll use Anna as an example because she's relatively new and uh, we get to use her for all of our examples. So if Anna was consistently having a problem with punching in and I had to have that conversation over and over and over again, it gets increasingly difficult to say, hey, Anna, once again, forgot to punch. We got to get it fixed because it just it feels like there's nothing I'm doing that's actually making a meaningful difference. I've gotten to the point in my life where if that's the case and I'm feeling that way, it's probably time for to make a change in personnel because it's not worth the constant frustration of having somebody who is missing. Now, again, if having missing punches is not a big deal and it in your organization and it's not something that you really care to correct or discipline sure. on, then cool. That's fine. Right. And honestly, in our, it's not that big of a right. deal either. F- figure out which, so, which hill yeah. you're going to die on. All right. So here's one. Yep. Here is one that is a big deal in our organization. I have an employee and they are a good employee. They do really good work in everything that they do, but they have bad written communication skills. And so um, maybe they're writing emails or letters or whatever it is. And there's bad spelling, bad grammar. Um, every time you see one, you just like, that's not right. In our world, those things are important because we're a professional services firm. We want to put off a professional services vibe, even though we're a bunch of jack wagons behind the scenes. Um, how do you have that conversation with the person who just everything they do is gold, but this one area, it is a ongoing constant struggle with. Yeah. So you just go be very upfront and honest with them. Um, they're a great employee. There's an area that need to be coached on. Hey, cool. Hey, I've noticed a couple of your correspondences. Um, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Hey, so, you know, normally when we see, you know, this type of, of grammar, there's some commas and some and some periods. There's a lot of run-on sentences here. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, there's a conversation that needs to be had with that. Again, there's some specific examples that you can bring up. Again, take your motion out. This is the evidence. This is the fact. Hey, this is not kind of how... We, we like to correspond with outside the, the firm. You know, do you need some help in that area? I'm, I'm happy to help. And that's it. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's just, I'm not trying to get you. I'm not trying to, to, to make it a big deal. Yeah. It's, hey, I noticed something that, that, um, that we need help with. It, to me, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not personal. It's, it's hey, I, there's an area of improvement that we, we can work on. Let's do it. And so a good leader will recognize that and have the conversation. Sure. You're not going to shy away from that because, hey, you know what? Everything else this person does is gold, and it's one little area out of 10 areas. And so, you know what? I'm going to give them a pass for that. You're still going to address that. Again, you figure out if, again, if this is an issue for you in your professional organization and it's reflecting your brand and your awareness and all that, it matters. And so you've got to get to a point where they understand that. Again, we're not we're not going it to attack them. We're not going at this this I don't know this toxic way. It's development. It's training. It's coaching. It's development. I want it's to like help you. Yeah. I want to help you. I want to help you because I know um, that this is an area that once we improve and once we get past it, the sky's the limit for you. Yeah. And I can maybe recommend you for management positions or leadership positions. Yeah. In the I agree. I think that's a great way to approach it because the reality is this is a person that you want to keep. You want to coach up. Yeah. And anytime you can go to that person, because they cl- clearly have some good skills already, 
and say, look, I'm, this is an opportunity for me to make you even better than you already are. Not right. that you're bad, but even better. Right. And those are the type of people that I want to, especially if they're receptive to that, what resource can I possibly, like, I will pay money to get you into some type of writing or coaching or speaking, you know, whatever it is to make you better at this thing. Right. That's, I see those as opportunities to really um, win some chips oh, with sure. the team. Especially if you have, and that's during your one on ones, right? That's yeah. that's the time that you actually really show people that you are fully invested in them in their future. Is you recognize that there's a shortcoming in their area, whatever that is, and you coach them and and you give them tools to be successful. Period. I mean, that's what a leader's job is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree with to you. To make you better tomorrow. All right, we got two more, two more that we're going to hit. Um, the next one here is, uh, let's say that I'm a leader that uh, I overhear, and we'll use Anna as, a, as an example. Um, and I'm overhearing Anna talk to whoever, her coworkers, whoever it may be, and she's clearly gossiping about something. It's office-related, work-related, whatever it is. Um, so let's pretend that you know I'm, a, I'm, I'm in my office. I overhear Anna saying, you know, hey, Greg, Mike is really just driving hard and not really respecting whatever and uh, is is really being mean or, you know, whatever it is, something negative. Um, at what point is that going to be addressed by you? Hmm. Uh, when it affects the working relationship between me and that person. Um, if I overhear that, that's just people talking. That's just venting. I'm good with that. Um, personally, I'm good. If you've been around somebody and you kind of understand how they work and how they act and how they respond to different questions and any kind of thing that kind of throws that off a little bit, then you can understand, okay, now I need to address something. This is no longer just normal kind of day-to-day gabbing. This is actually has something behind it. And I would actually kind of dig into that. So you're looking bit more. for a pattern, like, hey, now not only has Anna gone to, to Greg, she's also gone to Susan, Sally, John, Paul. At that point, do you address it differently? Um, I would address it the same way. Uh, the The quantity of her talking about somebody else or talking to me about somebody else doesn't really matter. Um, the fact that she is still maybe talking about me to someone else might matter a little. But again, I go back to. Is it affecting something else, right? If it's, if we're just talking and we're and we're we're conversating and, gosh, you know the ball sucks and we you know and I hate when he does this and I hate when he does that. I think that that drives camaraderie a little bit. Really, um, to a point. Yeah. Now, if it gets to a toxic level, then that's cancerous and we have to we have to kill that. Um, but just office, you know, teammates talking. I don't have to. I don't really deal with all that if it affects the team or relationships with somebody in the leadership position and someone else, then we have to start figuring that out and digging into it a little bit. Hmm. That's interesting. I wouldn't, ex- I wouldn't have expected you to say that. Um, I, I handle those every single time straight on no tolerance sure. type of, type of, uh, that's how that's kind of issue I see it as. Why it's hard? Why to, so? Why so direct? Why? Because so remember so you talked earlier about how at first first chance to cut something off so it doesn't grow into a bigger issue 
is the time that you, you know you want to cut something off like the, the, what's the what best time to plant a tree how do you know it so the hard part of this yeah is drawing the line between gossip and venting to use your word where we're just talking we're just chatting about you know hey it was a bad day at work is very different than my boss is being xyz right right there, there, so there's a there's a difference there this if and, and again it's i address this very differently if let's say that you came and said hey mike anna's out there going crazy i address that very differently than if i over here so your first hand versus second hand does matter here but if i first hand over here somebody gossiping in our office and even if it's about not about me let's say that anna's talking to susie about greg and i overhear that i'm still going to approach that head on and quickly the reason for that to answer your question is because i personally think that gossip is cancerous and that the second that an employer or a person even sees that i have an opportunity to talk negatively about my coworkers, my clients, my you know whatever it is, um, to talk negatively about my team, um, that is giving license to other teammates to talk negatively about their team, and it's also giving the gossiper a permission slip to say whatever they want to say whenever they want to say it, and that can get out of hand really quick. And from a cultural standpoint, it's something I want to cut off super early. Hmm. Now again, it is extremely difficult. And especially in a small business where our entire team are close knit friends, like they hang out outside of work, we hang out outside of work, and it's it's normal. Like we're buddies, um, and so to draw that line between, hey, I'm talking to Greg as my friend versus I'm talking to Greg as my teammate, um, is diff- is difficult to do. And so, luckily, this is not a conversation that we have to have very often here because our, our, we have good people, right? But um, it, it is something that I would cut off pretty quick. If I'm saying something in a mean spirit about anyone else in my organization and I'm talking to a person who cannot fix it, that's gossip. If I'm talking to somebody, not necessarily in a mean spirit, I'm just venting, you know, use your word, um, that's different. That's very different. But if my intentions, if my spirit, if my um, motive is negative, then that's the conversation I need to have with my leader, not with a peer. I agree so wholeheartedly yeah. in, in that definition yeah. and to clarify it a little bit. Yeah, I hope, yeah, I believe that wholeheartedly. If if I was a hard nose about every time anybody on my team ever said anything negative, <laughs> I would spend my entire day in my office having conversations with people. Sure. Because we all have time to vent and we all have issues that we have to face. Right. And so it's not it's not just you're, you know, saying bad things or whatever. It's that there's a mean spirit attached to it. Yeah. You're right. You're I think trying to be divisive. Yeah. Yeah. Intent matters. Yeah. I think intent and to be fair, matters. as a leader, it's hard to put metrics on or you know um, objectivity around intent. It's difficult. I would rather err on the side of I trust my relationship with you is strong enough that I can have this conversation without feeling like I'm attacking you and with trusting that you don't feel like I'm attacking you. And so I'd yeah. rather err on the side of I'm having the conversation and get clarity around, sure. hey, no, I was misunderstanding. I, I apologize. Yeah, we, we all have these small individual moments, I think, in all, in all the employee life cycle time where we either can build trust or we take yeah. it away. Yeah. This com- this, so this, for me, this started with um, I had a leader that, um, that I worked for, goodness gracious, I forget, 15 years ago or so. 
and uh, his gossip was a fireable offense. And I always thought that seemed a bit, you know, a bit strange, a bit strong. Um, did he define gossip and all that? Yeah, or? yeah he oh, okay. did. But what I was able to see is the culture that he had created, clearly something was working. And so anytime I, this is just, anytime I find somebody who's built something that I admire and think is really cool and they're doing a great job, my first, like I want to copy everything. Sure. And because if it's something that I may disagree with or think is weird, I want to learn why. Um, and, and so that was one of his deals. And it just kind of stuck with me because uh, we did not have team issues like some organizations have. And that's not the only reason why, because gossip was, you know, a, a fireable offense. But, you know, there was other things that played into that. But it's just something that always stuck with me. That's Yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, last one. And I say this one for the end because this one is uh, difficult for me because um, it's a bit subjective. And it can sometimes, um, it's not performance related. So, right, I didn't have an employee that did something wrong, nor did they did something bad, nor did they do something that is deficient. Um, what do you, how do you address, do you address, should you address all of those questions sure. around, let's say that I have an employee that shows up to work and just is very, very um, liberal with the perfume or cologne that the person wears. Um, and so it is odorous in the environment, right? So I, the employee didn't necessarily do anything wrong. I can't point to, hey, this was something that we expected of you and you violated it, but it's something that maybe even other employees are frustrated by or- Well, it's totally uh, different. Up Which or, one is it? All right, so uh, talk I thought, to me why it's different. Yeah. Well, because if it's just me noticing it- it's a, it's a me problem. It's a me problem. Okay. If other people are noticing it. Then that's a conversation that we can have. How do you um, have that conversation with the person? Um, delicately. <laughs> um, because, again, I don't think it's a big deal. Right. I don't know if I'm – gosh. You don't, you don't know if you would actually address it? No. I don't think I would. Really? Um, Even if it was like everybody notices, everybody is, I don't know, put off maybe by it? Um, uh, is that just hey everybody else suck it up and let's let's move on, or um, or or maybe there's someone allergic to, okay the perfume that's probably when I would uh, bring it up like if someone starts sneezing and they realize oh it's because of this it's an OSHA violation at that point um, <laughs> we're making people sick <laughs> no, we're not getting it no uh, I don't you'd leave it alone. Would you, would you discuss someone's bad breath? Oh, that's a good scenario. Um, would I? I maybe, I would say maybe. It would have to be something where I genuinely felt like it was an issue that was affecting work in some way, or it was an issue that I feel like I can genuinely help that person move forward or move along or get better or whatever it is. Right. I mean, to me, it, if it was just unpleasant, I would probably leave it alone. Leave it alone. If it was overly unpleasant, it may be a conversation. I don't, I've never had this situation, so I don't know how I would re react actually. But I think if it was something that I had, everybody on the team was like, Mike, this is just too much. I can't, like, it's just too much. Which, by the way, 
is not gossip because they're coming to a leader, right? So I just want to point that out. But if that was happening, I may say something like, hey, Greg, I want I want to have a conversation with you. That's really awkward for me. And I honestly, I don't know how to talk about this. I don't know how to address it. And so if you don't mind, um, would you be open to some feedback that may be borderline inappropriate or stepping over the line? I probably would not use the word inappropriate, but it may be stepping over the line. If the person said, yeah, tell me what's going on, which most likely they would because I, they, I've asked for permission um, and I've impre- in- increased their curiosity enough, they're not going to say no at that point. They want to know what's going on. <laughs> I would say, hey, listen. Gotcha. Your perfumes or cologne, whatever it is, smells lovely, but the volume by which you put it on is a bit much. And personally, it's not bothering me. I don't know. That might start to get to a lie, so I probably wouldn't do that. But my conversation may be structured something like that. You're telling me just to ignore it and move on, though. So maybe that's the best way to go about it. As a leader, maybe it's the best way to go about it. But maybe I grab a peer and ask them if there's as a good friend, right? So y'all know that people kind of pile around. Maybe I ask the friend to say something. Maybe send an email to their spouse. Um, no, no, I wouldn't do that. No. But, but maybe it's it's bystander intervention yeah. at that point, right? Hey, I need my team holding people accountable at that yeah. point, not just me. Yeah. Um, Thankfully, I've never been in that situation. Uh, I hope to never be in that situation. However, the bad breath, you just kind of step back. I, th- I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Or you intermit your breathing. I've had to do that before. Oh, man. Breathe out right, when they're breathing off in. The rails right? Now. <laughs> All right, we need to stagger breathing. You breathe, I breathe, you breathe, I breathe. All right, let's go. We're good now. I can get by your bad breath. All right. Uh, well, Greg, I appreciate it. It's always fun to, to talk through some hypothetical scenarios. Again, these are completely made up. Hypothetical. They're real. They're not real at all. Um, uh, so don't at me if, if this is something that you deal with. Um, but we really do appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to us this week. If you have some scenarios that you want to run by or get some advice or get some help with HR-related uh, items, you can always reach out to Greg. It's gregh at works.com, W-H-I-R-K-S, and he would be glad, uh, if nothing else, to uh, to spend 15 minutes talking to you about uh, bad breath stories. We're actually doing a I'm Stuck series for the Work for the workshop this month. Okay, very yeah. well. There you go. We're gonna post some links into uh, the link section here, so make sure you check those out, and you can hear some more uh, stuck. I'm stuck, sir. I, I need help. Yeah. Type of situation. So thank you guys for listening. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. We really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.